Hello and welcome to the Collective Wisdom Podcast, the podcast that explores how to be a wiser version of yourself. This is a podcast that helps you to tap into your own inner wisdom and find the answers within you for how to live your best life. I'm your host, Kat Preston. I'm a certified life coach and I help people to turn down the noise in their heads and tune into the wisdom in their hearts. Every week I'll be asking my guests to tell their stories about what they've learned along the way and share some of their wisdom with us. I'm so thrilled you can join us. Hey there, my wise friends, and welcome to episode 43 of Collective Wisdom, which today is all about the art of writing and what it can do for you. I'm in the very happy position that after years and years of filling up many, 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 many notebooks with ideas and thoughts and reams of randomness, it did turn into a bit of a book project. I know you're probably thinking, God, is she still going on about that? But the truth is that having spoken to and listened to a lot of writers, both here on the podcast and at literature festivals and anywhere else I can find those conversations, I realise that the outcome really is not the point. It's what writing can do for you to help you find clarity about your identity, the conflicts that you find within you. Anyone else have that experience of holding two seemingly conflicting ideas in your head at once? Well, my guest today has a lot to say on that subject, and she has so much to share about how the practice of creating writing can really help you to understand yourself a bit better. As well as being a very gifted teacher, Adana is also a coach, so that means that she has a superpower for really prompting you to not only find your own creative expression, but then to use it perhaps to help you guide through a transition or a challenge, or or simply moving towards doing more of what really lights you up both in life and at work. For anyone interested in the art of writing, this episode is a real gift and I'm so grateful to Adana. So here she is to tell us a bit more about her story. I'm so happy to be getting to spend some time with Adana Onakwuzi, who is a very wise and talented writing for wellness coach. Through her Invicta writing program, Adana brings her skills, her experience as an English teacher, and her love of reading to teach creative writing as a way to help women to connect their story and dig into some of the narratives that, that have shaped them so that they can find their true voice. I was so lucky to meet Adana on one of Jess Huey's purpose retreats and was drawn immediately to her sense of calm and inner peace and reflection that she just brings to every space that she holds with others. She's someone who's clearly spent a lot of time finding her own self-expression and she talked very movingly at the time about the transition into motherhood being a pivotal point for her journey towards greater self-understanding and who she wanted to be as a mother to her two beautiful girls. Adana has recently finished her coach training, and I'm sure she'll be bringing all those new learnings into her work to complement what is already a very powerful coaching program within Victor. So welcome to the podcast, Adana. I am so thrilled, as I say, to be digging into some of my favorite subjects here, you know, writing and self-expression and creativity. So thanks for joining me. Thank you, Kat. Thank you for that lovely introduction. And thanks for having me. No, you are welcome. So I know when I asked you, it was a no brainer when I asked you, what's the question you love to be asked? And you said you you do just love talking about how we find and rediscover our voice, especially as as women. So yeah. just talk me through, you know, Victor, and some of the ways that how, how it came about in the first place, really. Mm. 
So as you said, my background is in English is in um, English teaching, and I was a um, classroom teacher and uh, had various senior and middle leadership roles in London schools over about a twelve year period. Um, and I'd done a BA in English literature as well, so that was kind of my you know language, literature, and education were the things that I trained in. That's my professional background, and I progressed quite quickly in my career. I'd always been quite academic and and quietly ambitious um and i had been quite clear on all the things that i wanted to achieve by the age of 30 so i think when i was maybe 22 or 23 i wrote literally wrote down a list and kept it of various personal and professional um ambitions i had from completing an ma and the promotions i wanted to learning to drive and buying a house and getting married and the last thing on the list was have a baby so i had my first daughter uh six days after i turned 30. <laughs> um, <laughs> all according to plan <laughs> <laughs> all according to plan exactly um and i that that was just a, such a massive um catalyst and as you said such a massive pivotal point for me because it was everything that i wanted and i have such i have two daughters now i have such a you know such a, a close bond with them it's such a massive part of who i am my mm. identity as a mum um but i think it's the first time that i had felt the need to really question how I'd seen myself or how I'd identified previously and how, how much that was around um, academic success and being a good girl and doing the things I was supposed to do and mm. um, people pleasing and um, not rocking the boat too much. And when so I, had a, I had a year at home on maternity leave with my first daughter and all of those things uh, are completely unhelpful for that transition um, as a new mom. People pleasing is not going to get you or your, or your newborn anywhere. Mm. Um, no kind of qualifications or promotions or, or anything like that um, matters when you're up for the you know third or fourth time feeding in the middle of the night. And I think having a girl in particular just really it wasn't a conscious, it wasn't a conscious kind of um, unraveling or, or peeling back of the layers. It just ha- it happened so organically and so unexpectedly and so powerfully. Mm. Um, just this need to be very clear on who I am and who I want to be so that I can model that for her and so that it, she builds her foundations and builds her life around things that are authentic and meaningful and long lasting. Um, and just that realization that I have, I have to show her how to do that. Otherwise, she's not going to know. So yeah, just lots of. Uh, really it sounds, kind of it sounds more like a sort of the way you describe it. And I do, I still remember being there, and you were describing yeah. this, and that's what I wanted to share with people because it's so mm-hmm. important. I think it's about mm-hmm. identity essentially, but yeah. it's also how these transitional moments where you you move from one role where there's just you to worry about and you're in control of that. And then suddenly there's this whole other being and and yeah, yeah, having to really get clear on what that identity is. So it's almost like an awakening. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think sometimes when people talk about awakenings in hindsight, it sounds um, perfectly packaged. Yes, (laughs) yes, but it's messy at the time. Exactly, It's, it's really messy and it's really confusing and there's so much to work out and writing was definitely um, the most powerful and most effective tool that I use for just being able to untangle the, the messiness of my mind and get clear on what mattered, get clear on my values, get clear on my vision and how I wanted to move forward and everything from just 
I've got stacks of journals from over the years. Anything from, you know, journaling whenever I could or using my phone um, if I was up for a night feed or something to at some point, I think maybe a couple of years after she was born, I started a blog and I didn't share it with many people, but it was, I put poetry up on there and just, it was a way for me to express all these things that had come to the surface and I, I needed to do something with them. Um, it just really helped me to to find my voice and to consolidate what felt like conflicting aspects of my personality and just really get an understanding of who I am and, and what I wanted to do. And that's where the, the seeds of Invicta Writers was, was born. So I went back to teaching after I had her, um, but there was there was something, you know, there was a, there'd been a shift and it didn't yeah. feel the same for me. So after I had my second, um, four years later, I, I knew that I wanted to do something different and yeah, and, and I just jumped in basically and, and went for it. Just And that's what I love about your story. There's so many people will, you know, that creativity bubbles to the surface, but it's now, what do I do with it? And mm. so, and it is, it is easy to join the dots retrospectively, but it's not so yeah. easy when you're just moving. So, so where did the name Invicta come from? And, you know, how did you make that first start? Yeah, um, I vividly remember I was walking out of the school that I was working in at the time and I felt like I I was coming, I was emerging from this really confusing, like internally tumultuous time and it, I just felt like I had conquered something. I felt like it didn't break me. I know what I'm doing. I know who I am. And that word just popped into my head. I think it was Invictus that popped into my head. And I, I don't know if it's, there's a poem and I can't remember what, how it, I can't remember what, how it goes now. Um, uh, I am, so the, I think the, the last two lines are something like, I'm the, I'm the captain of my ship. I'm the, oh, I'm the something of my soul. And it's all about being um, self-defined. And I guess I must have read it at some point. It was there in the in the recesses of my mind. And I, yeah. I vividly remember I could see myself coming out of the school and the, the word Invicta Invicta came to me. Um and I I did Latin at school and I knew that Invicta was the feminine version of Invictus. So that word just really literally just came into my head um as a kind of like a representation of um what I've been able to do um and how I felt, just kind of yeah, undefeated, unconquered by the confusion of everything. It, that is so incredible. So it must have been, like you say, almost like lodged in your subconscious. Just, yeah. And and just this this moment of revelation. And so, and then it's kind of, well, now how do I, do, do you just sort of reach out to people and say, I'm starting this little group. Do you want to come along? What was so the next step? It was after I had, uh, when I was on maternity leave with my um with my second, I saw um, in a local mums group, I saw an advert for somebody who was doing some career coaching um, and she was running a course over the summer holidays for teachers who were thinking about transitioning. So my, my I had a four-year-old and I had, uh, my little one was maybe eight weeks old or something. Um, so I signed up for that just to get some clarity on where I wanted to go. And that really helped me to focus on the things that I felt most passionate about mm. um, and just to pull it all together. Because as you say, you get a sense that you want to do something, but you're not sure if it will if it'll work and if it's feasible. And then about a year after that, I, I put together um, a course for new mums because that's the space that I was in. That's the yeah. space that all of this emerged from. 
Um, and I knew from personal experience and from talking to people around me just how, again, just how powerful um, that transition was. So, yeah, I put together a short course, I think it was about three or four weeks on using writing to support maternal wellness. And I shared it on a few groups and it was kind of very low cost and just just to get people in and, and try it out and see how that would go. Um, and it was so well received and it just it felt really um organic and it felt like such a natural transition and such a yeah natural transition and, and com- powerful combination of my teaching experience and my personal experience as a mum and it's just grown from there it's just amazing amazing and I'm sure you are really helping I mean if you I, I would just love you to dig into some of the ways some of the because I think with with writing people get a little bit oh you know I've got to already have a certain skill or a level mm-hmm. And the way you describe, you know, these are these are exercises without outcomes. This is real exploration. So yeah, exactly. just tell us a bit about how, yeah, how you how you tap into that yeah. real sort of subconscious identity, all the all the narratives, as you said, mm. about that we we carry with us. Yeah. Um, so the first thing that I always really, really emphasize is that it isn't anything like the type of writing that we kind of um trained to do at school and then it's nothing about your your grammar and it's nothing about your vocabulary or your you know paragraphs and construction and all of that kind of thing and it's um i think it's always really liberating and really reassuring for people to hear particularly from mm. an english teacher that they can put aside any worries about the end product having to be really polished and beautiful and perfect and flawless um, and it's very much about the process and I think that there are very few things in life where you get permission to do that to just be in the moment and just explore and allow whatever comes up to come up um, so I, I like to say to people it's not about how well you write it's about how well writing makes you yeah, um, and I think beautiful. that just opens up yeah permission to um, to engage with it um, so often I start with very simple, very accessible tasks. So things like free writing, which is like sort of stream of consciousness writing, or anyone who's familiar with Julia Cameron might know it's kind of, she she describes it as her morning pages. Yeah, I love um, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really powerful in just bringing forward um, so many things that are unconscious and you can't deal with the unconscious things until they're made conscious. You, you you don't know that they're there. So that can be really powerful. So just it starts in very simply and then building up in my programs into um, things like writing in character. I mean, there's, there's, there's such a wide range. I think lots of people are familiar with journaling, but I go into lots of different areas beyond that. Um, yeah, it's that real yeah. sense of exploration and, exactly. and just take a prompt and see where it tells it takes yeah, you. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, writing writing in character or using um songs as a springboard or um particular quotations and I you know I draw from a really wide range of like Mary Oliver's poetry and um mm. Beyonce songs and positive psychology and just kind of a, a real um a really eclectic mix of things that gives people a really creative entry point into exploring things that might otherwise feel quite inaccessible or feel quite difficult but you you, you give someone a creative entry point into it and suddenly things are coming out that they didn't expect to um and then that makes room for so much magic to happen yeah it's almost like you're circumventing the sort of natural resistance that comes up that's right you know, because you're 
you're saying, oh, just what, what does it feel like to play with this? It doesn't, you know, yeah. there is no outcome because that's yeah. that's where the resistance comes from, isn't it? It's that, right. oh, what if it's not good enough? What if, yeah, what if I, yeah, this just all the all the fierce critic that comes up yeah. and says, this is rubbish. What are you talking about? Yeah. You could say, no, that's the point. I'm, yeah, yeah, do this exercise because there is no point kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. And like, as you say, play, permission to play, permission to be creative, permission to um hit pause on on everything else all the other demands all the directions you're being pulled in and have that time for yourself um which in lots of ways feels like a luxury but it's such a necessity yeah so important to our sanity and our well-being and and yeah use it for something that's going to make you feel good that's going to make you, you go back into those spaces um where you're required where people are dependent on you and be able to show up more authentically with your cup full you know, in in touch with what you actually want and who you actually want to be, not just who you feel you you, you have become on that treadmill of, of responsibilities and obligations. Yeah, because I know, uh, I remember you saying about how, and it's so true that your children are watching you from the moment you're bo they're born. And, and, and so, you know, it's really important at that point in your life to yeah. how you show up you know they're, they're watching it it's not what yeah. you say to them it's what you're doing and how you're behaving and yeah. yeah yeah so and and i think as a mother of two girls that is so you know such a gift mm. to to help them to find their own self-expression so you know it's it's interesting that you clearly in those spaces help people identify perhaps narratives and the way they tell the story that's shaping how they feel about themselves right and is it that that's that sort of led you towards right i really want to explore you know this coaching training and how i can take this to the next level yeah um so i started with maternal wellness and then it became clear to me that there are lots of stories around what it means to be a, a mom that can be quite complicated and quite limiting and quite confusing but i think it was almost an entry point into the other narratives that we hold about ourselves about who we are and what's possible because of our identity or um, stories that we've been told about ourselves based on our gender or our religion or our culture or our social class yeah and yeah i mean starting to as i started to support people and unpacking that through the writing um i felt that there was more that i could do and I wanted to make sure that I had proper training in, in in guiding them out of that because the writing brings up so much. And then I didn't want to feel like I was just leaving people with the stuff that it brought up and then nothing to do with it. So yeah. coaching has really allowed me to have such a massive range of tools and a really deep understanding of that the course was brilliant. Um, things like um, neuroscience and transactional analysis, which is a, um, like a psychotherapeutic approach um, and positive psychology and just just really amazing um, evidence-based tools that support that kind of the creativity and the, the intuitive element of my work really well. Um, and it just, yeah, it just means that everything is complemented so well and I can now support people um, in a really, in a way that feels really holistic and just sort of ticks all the boxes. Absolutely. And I think I think that word compliment is so perfect because, you know, um, what you're now really helping people do is is once they've identified those narratives, how you know which ones are 
helpful and serving them in a, in a particular way and which ones do they need to maybe rewrite and and choose a different path you know it's 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 really then stepping into the using those tools that you've just been working on because mm. often when we reflect back to people you know i know when i'm working with people it's so often the case that what i reflect back to somebody is so much more powerful and you know i see talent and beauty and mm. just so much more in a person than they see in themselves you know it's yeah. it's um and that's i guess what you've been leaning into with the coaching yeah exactly and and being able to hold a space where someone is able to perceive things differently see themselves differently um rediscover parts of themselves that might be buried under as i said some of those obligations and uh, mask wearing that i think often comes yeah. along with just being an adult and and getting through and surviving and doing what you need to do um and having a space where you know that you're gonna you're, you're not going to be judged you can speak honestly you can explore things you can say you know you can look at options for moving forward with somebody who, who doesn't have an agenda other than to support you is it's just really powerful I, i've just i've been amazed by um how transformational it's been for me personally because we do lots of peer coaching within the course absolutely um, and then yeah what i've seen from the, the clients that i've worked with is, it's just been incredible yeah and i think it's that's so true isn't it that one of the wonderful gifts of these courses is you do get to spend a lot of time because you practice on each other and and yeah. and really taking that self-exploration to another level is yeah. is huge and understanding that you know the power of of having a coach in your life having somebody who can really move you from one one place you know how many people do i, I know so many women who who have a sense of feeling stuck Mm. and it's it is very difficult to unstick yourself <laughs> you know yeah. it's um yeah. it's it's really powerful when you have someone just on your side kind of working with you partnering and supporting you no just amazing now i i was also really intrigued because your own story which is so so incredible really having you know you, when we were talking about you were born in nigeria and then only moved to the uk when you were six Mm. And you still now, you know, when I asked you about fun facts, you know, you, you, you're a big Beyonce fan and you said, you know, you can take the girl out of Manchester. So you've got <laughs> these sort of different threads in your life, if you yeah. like. And, yeah. and I was just really intrigued about how you, how you found your own narratives and which ones were supporting you and perhaps which ones weren't when it came to that stepping into the role of a mother and who you wanted to be. I think what I've one of the big things that I've learned is that you're. I think there are parts of your identity that are fairly fixed, and there are elements that are in flux, and and you need to make space for that duality. That you know mm. there are parts of you that are essentially you, um, and there are parts of you that that will change and that will evolve. Um, you know, so my my heritage is really important to me. So, like you said, I was you know born in Nigeria. I've got a Nigerian dad and a British-born Jamaican woman. Those things have been the making and the shaping of me so many different ways. And then there are other um, identities so fascinating. You know, you've got your heritage, which is quite fixed, and then you've got things like your your personality. Um, and recently, kind of learning that I am what would be described as a highly sensitive person person meaning um 
yeah, just kind of high levels of empathy and high levels of processing of information. And I can get quite easily, I'm very in tune with my environment and pick up kind of other people's energies and that kind of thing quite easily. Um, mm-hmm. But also I can get quite easily overwhelmed. So just that's something that if I, if someone had said that to me 10 years ago, I would, I would have said, well, that's completely ridiculous. I've got no, no idea what you're talking about. And that sounds really sort of soppy. And so I, I, I think it comes with, um, age just starting to be able to look back and connect the dots and reflect on the experiences and the things that make you you and make space to uh, integrate them and accept them and accept it might sound really cheesy and basic but accept accept yourself um, for who you are and meet yourself where you are I think in the wellness space um, in the coaching space and personal development space there's so much focus on um, self-improvement which of course is really important but sometimes it can feel as if it's coming from a space of never being enough or there's something about you that you need to fix or yeah but I, I really believe that you have to meet yourself where you are you have to be willing to understand and accept all the messy complex bits of yourself and then look at how to step into more of yourself or what's not serving you or which layers you've outgrown um yeah and you work and which, yeah i love everything you've just said and and you know and it's so much which bits of the narrative you've inherited because yeah. obviously if you've got family coming from different parts of the world and yeah. arriving and and uh sort of you must find a conflict in yourself in that you feel very at home in Manchester whereas perhaps your parents didn't at first you know mm. that kind of thing yeah I, th- I think um yeah I mean it's so complicated I think I, I didn't initially feel um at home in Manchester and I think coming moving over here at the age of six and moving from um we lived in a university town in in Nigeria where you know most people were academics I went to a like a small private school um and I I just had a little a simple life and I didn't I just took it all for granted and then we mm-hmm. moved to um inner city Manchester and then suddenly my identity was about the area that I lived in and then my heritage as my, my grandparents are kind of the Windrush of the Windrush generation of Jamaicans um so that I mean that that was a massive shift um so my mum had grown up in Manchester in the 60s and 70s so she had a different identity and experience to to what mine was so it's yeah there is and, and my cousins who'd been born you know and grown up in manchester would have, would have again would have had different experiences and, and um different sense of identity to to me so it's really fascinating and really complicated and like something i could talk about all day um and there's no sort of fixed answer no, no. except i think that that thing of just really having tools to be able to drill down to who you are and how to um navigate life as authentically as possible yeah and and as you said that word acceptance which is such a powerful one um but sometimes to accept ourselves we have to to really be prepared to dig into what it is we're we're signing up for what what, what we're yeah all the things that as you said um you know so beautifully it's I, i my only experience of it is because i grew up in a tiny little village and never saw the outside of the world. And then mm. because of the way my kids were raised, we took, mm. you know, I've, I've had three different children on three different continents and they right. don't have the same sense of roots or belonging to a, 
a specific place, you know, yeah. and 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 how that translated into, you know, not not necessarily identity problems, but certainly when when we moved back to the UK, they didn't necessarily just feel like they belonged here right. uh, because they'd never really, you know, they'd visited a lot, and it's that sense of identity versus belonging where you fit in culturally mm. i think whenever whenever you move or shift that um from where you're born there's always going to be as you say those conflicts that come up or those just questions sometimes yeah. you know yeah. i as you said it's 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 fascinating and i i find it, it i think for for each individual you know we are so totally unique and what we bring to the table is is so so complex yeah. and that's that's really for me what coaching has been all about is helping people explore those stories but i love your approach which is to really dig deep with the writing and and that is such a powerful tool so you know we were talking about that some of the challenges of um making those transitions from what because that that again it brings up identity doesn't it when you're 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 one person and then suddenly as a mother that's another role in your life and all the expectations and the how how it should be done comes up yeah. when i asked you about a story about a challenge um what came up for you so I, th I, th I think i've kind of talked about it already but i think motherhood was the has been the biggest thing for me in my adult life because it really and as I said, it was unexpected, um, the way in which it really forced me to look at myself. And because I've, I've always been a planner and I've always been really organised and um, I approached motherhood with a bit of trepidation like everybody else would. But I, I thought if I did all the things I was supposed to do, it would go the way it was supposed to go. Yeah. And that's that's not what happens. Um, yeah, you can't predict the personality or needs of your child. You can't predict... I mean, there are so many things about being a parent you can't predict. And just as you, especially in the early days, just as you think you've got it sussed, they change. They're, they're you know, they need to move on to solids or, you know, they're sleeping differently or they're starting nursery or, or whatever it is. So the, the messiness and unpredictability of it, I really struggled with because I think that had been a coping mechanism for me was to, like I said, follow the rules and do what you're supposed to do. And that, that had always worked for me. If you, you know, do what your teacher says you're supposed to do and study in the way you're supposed to, you're going to get the A's. If you um, meet the criteria for the, the promotion, then you're going to get the promotion. And then it, I couldn't apply it to, to parenting and I kept trying and it wasn't working. <laughs> um, so it, it forced me to have to um, rethink those coping mechanisms, look at where look at where they'd come from and how they're tied to some of the things that you were just talking about in terms of belonging um, mm. and how if you if you do those things, then you gain acceptance and approval um, and, and that sense of belonging can get um, a false sense of belonging in a way can can kind of come out of that so if you start to unravel that <laughs> or you start to kind of take away those coping mechanisms it can be quite terrifying um mm. but in that space of i think feeling quite vulnerable and feeling quite stripped back then um something quite powerful can happen as you have the space to build a stronger foundation and something that is going to carry you through much more in a way that's much more real and much more self-connected 
Um, yeah. So yeah, with, without a doubt, that's that's been, and I think continues to be my biggest challenge. And just the duality of being a mom, all the, you know, delicious, just, just the beauty of it, watching your kids grow, all the cuddles, all the, you know, I love all the, you know, baking together and just all, all of that maternal stuff. And it is also really flipping hard work and just sometimes I'm like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> yeah. And it's so unpredictable. As you say, you can't, you can't sort of set it into, all right, I'm going to deal with that today. You know, yeah. these things, these curveballs come at you all the time yeah. as a yeah. mother and you're, you're left sort of, yeah, having to make a series of transitions. As you say, they, they move into different stages mm. and, um, I know I, I've always been most challenged by by those sort of teenage years where mm. I remember Steve um, Bidolf, the, the child psychologist, saying I went to a talk and he said, you know, you, you do have to understand that once they get to sort of 12, 13, 14, there are days where they're 12, 13, 14, but there are other days where you can take the one off the front and you're back to dealing with it. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, God, that's such a refreshing way to because I thought I was going mad you yeah. know just yeah. um and then knowing that their needs are changing all the time mm. and that sort of and I guess that's what you by by having a consistent tool like being able to just just dig into writing and things that those mm. things actually yeah help you find that that grounding help you re re-engage with yourself and then yeah. once you've got yourself grounded then you're in a much better emotional state to, yeah. to deal with other people exactly if you have something for, for coming back to yourself um as you say you know that's that's the you're the common denominator in all the aspects of your life so yeah if you, you can come back to yourself and have that clarity and have that stability then that ripple that we have a ripple effect into all the other parts of your life yeah 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 and just helping them them as you you know that that whole thing about your children watch what you do not what you say so <laughs> taking a breath is sometimes yeah. really essential rather than going yeah. straight to the sort of high trigger points of just yeah. oh my god yeah it's <laughs> just a nightmare but you know it strikes me that those spaces that you created for those young mums must have been so welcome you know mm. bringing moving moving towards a sort of place of kindness and digging into values it was such a kind generous act to open that up to other people thank you yeah i, th it, I mean it was just so powerful in beyond what I'd imagined and I thought it, it I thought I felt like it was an important um it was important for mums to have the headspace um and the literal space to be able to do that mm. but I, I know that it had such a profound effect on on so many people just just being as I said just being able to reconnect to themselves being having that the, a rare space to be clear on um who you really are what you really think what you really want what you want for your children um, and be able to separate what is purely you from those inherited stories about who you should be, what you should do, whether that's from your parents and your in-laws or whether that's from um, what society says a mum looks like or, or, you know, or should, or should be. Just the, the power um, of being able to be very compartmentalised like that's, that's their stuff and this is my stuff and this is what I'm going to lead with yeah really important yeah no and it's so true and it getting that sense of i think it gives you that sort of inner confidence to to yeah it's 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 
digging into that intuition and your sort of inner knowing of what's yeah. for you and not not always measuring yourself against other standards and how yeah. other people are doing it. So yeah. it's important. And did you have a story about an act of kindness that's impacted you? Yeah, so again, tied in uh, with motherhood, I guess, because um, as, as I said, that was quite a, um, you know, the transitional uh, point for me. But I remember, so I really, with my first, um, she just wasn't a big sleeper. She would catnap and then she was an easy baby in lots of ways, but she just wasn't very fond of sleep and it would drive me <laughs> insane. And I remember talking to a, a friend about it who'd had a baby maybe six months or so before me and without saying anything she lived on she lived in east london on the other side of london to me i live in south london she drove over and brought her there was a um what do you call it? like a bit of baby swing um, for helping babies to swing she she drove over and, and brought it and dropped it off and it was basically like i, I brought this for you i know how hard it is mm-hmm. um try this see if it works and basically just got back into her car and, and drove back and kind of said, you know, I'm not going to, I don't want to impose on you. I just wanted to make sure that I can help in some way. And that was just massive for me because I feel I, at the time, I, I think it's getting better now. I felt like there weren't very many honest discussions about how difficult things can be for a new mum. Oh. Um, there are lots of books about routines and, you know, this is what you have to do. And it felt like it was the first kind of, sense of acknowledgement or validation that actually it can be really tricky and there's no judgment and I'm going to do this thing for you because I understand what it feels like and it yeah it it just touched me so much that she would do something so kind and so generous and so you know be be so given of her own time Mm -hmm. um and it just made me feel seen and supported it's so true I think just just having somebody acknowledge that it's Gosh, it, it is a big transition in your life and it yeah. and nothing can quite prepare you for it, as you say. Yeah, yeah. And as you say, it's, it's that moment where they're not sort of judging you as being, oh, you're not coping and you need help here. It's more mm-hmm. like, yeah, you just need someone to support you while you get yeah. through it. And yeah. there'll be up days and down days. And um, yeah. as you say, I love that, that you, the duality. There is so much about our lives that that you know there's good and bad in everything and there's mm. challenges in everything and mm. but it is those little moments where or you know do you find them within yourself in the end that that you've had a terrible day the day before and then the next day just as you're thinking i can't do this anymore yeah it all it all goes so swimmingly and it is that support network that i think more and more in society you know we're expected to just deal with it on our own that, that yeah. there's so many mothers who don't have access I, I feel very privileged because I had my children in a an expatriate community where you know I was surrounded by like-minded mums who weren't actually working full-time or trying right. to do jobs and things yeah. and so we were each other's support network and mm-hmm. I realized how important that is and you know, my sister's just about to have a, another little baby. And oh. I, yeah, it's, it's reminding yourself, gosh, it's literally checking in just every couple yeah. of days. How are you? Yeah. Doing that? Can I drive over and hold the baby just for an hour while you think your own thoughts for a minute? Yeah. How important yeah. that is. Absolutely. And I think what I've realized as well, um, because as I said, I, I started, um, that's where this came from the kind of maternal wellness. Um, but I since kind of broadened out into, my coaching and, and the writing work covers mm. um, 
you know, lots of different things, um, career transitions and, um, yeah, I'm just kind of um, family dynamics and business de- development. And I've done, there's lots that I do with clients now, but I think starting with um, early motherhood was a real, it felt like a, like a represented, like a microcosm of the, the things that we actually experience as, as people, um, that sense of duality, the sense of um, shifting from one state of identity to another. Um, and it was a great place to kind of learn about how as people, how as individuals and how collectively we, we deal with those challenges, um, what works, what supports our wellness, what doesn't. So yeah, yeah, really fascinating. Yeah, starting with something that you were very much steeped in. And now, yeah, I mean, I know from from our lovely friend, Rebecca, who um, yeah. said, you know, it, it's it's about your what you're helping people do is is craft stories, whether it's for business or for yeah. just identity purposes. You know, it's like, what is my story? And yeah. As I said, we we can't move into a place of acceptance unless we really have explored it properly. Yeah. You know, sometimes we just wake up and find ourselves in a situation and and haven't haven't stopped to even be curious about it for a minute. And that's that's I think all part of this. I mean, what's beautiful about your story is this real evolution from first English teacher and then fitting your life around what works for you as a mum, sort of moving towards things that just feel right at the time. Mm. But always, there's always this in the service of others. That's what's so generous about you. You know, it's, it's always, how can I extend this to help other people in the same situation? And that's, that's the empathy piece that I think resonates from you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's beautiful. It's I mean, as I say, I was so looking forward to this conversation because I knew it was gonna be one of those. Oh, I just I just love it. Now, um, you know, I always finish up with music and um and you've already told me that Beyonce is a big feature in your life, but um what comes up for you when you start to sort of think about the music that really resonates? Yeah, definitely a Beyonce fan, but actually my my favorite um musician singer songwriter is um a woman called india Ari. um and anyone who follows me knows that i kind of reference her frequently um uh, are you familiar with her i just somebody pointed i was trying to think i listened to a song she's quite a spiritual singer that's right yeah yes yeah so i listened to her today yeah, I, th- I first discovered, I think she she came out maybe, she's been around for about 20 years or so, so I was probably in my late teens um, when I first heard her and the first song that I knew of was called Strength, Courage and Wisdom. And I think it was the first time. Wow. So I, I, a lot of the sort of, um, so she's an African-American, I guess, sort of neo-soul type of um, singer. And at the time when she came out, a lot of the kind of women of similar ages were sort of more, um, sort of R&B and kind of really polished, had a particular kind of image. Um, and she completely went against the grain of all of that and was very much singing about spirituality and self-worth and self-connection and authenticity at a time when I, I don't really think it was it was cool or it was in. Um, and it just really resonated so deeply with me, um, even at quite a young age. And it's, it's great to be able to listen to her music and listen to that song and feel connected with an earlier version of myself and be able to feel the, the the threads that have kind of run through and brought me, yeah, brought me through to, you know, to who I am now as well. 
Absolutely. What a beautiful, you know, addition to the playlist is strength, courage, and wisdom. And those are words that I, I so associate with you, Adana. I mean, it's just, oh, thank you. that's amazing. Um, I, I, I'm coming to love this playlist because it is so diverse and it's introducing me to music that I would never normally have encountered. And yeah, it's just, um, it, it's a very self selfish playlist because it it yeah. reminds me of all the people who I've invited to be part of it but but it's nonetheless such a great reflection on just how how much you know when you when you start to tap into as you said 20 years ago there's mm. somebody who is expressing things I think that's where those those moments that bubble up from your sub subconscious that's where they come from you know yeah. It, they're, they're sort of something you listen to as a six-year-old can suddenly resonate with you when you're much older just right. amazing amazing oh well i am so grateful to you for adding that to the the playlist because i think it will be one of those songs that when it comes on you just go that is a reminder to take a breath and mm -hmm. to, to just re-engage with your spiritual side yeah. and as i say you are somebody who just exudes wisdom you've just always had that kind of inner knowing that I, <laughs> I've kind of been striving towards myself, but never quite feel I've, I've ever got there. So what is the piece of wisdom that you want to add to the collection? Mm. I think I would, I would emphasize what we discussed a bit before about accepting yourself, um, meeting yourself where you are. There's a, there's a line or kind of a couple of lines from another Indiary song. I can't remember which one it is now, but it's, um, I've learned that the art of simplicity simply means making peace with your complexity. Um, and I just love that because I think we often, we fight against who we are so much. We do so much to bury or conceal or dilute or edit or, you, you know, we, we push and pull ourselves in so many different directions to make ourselves more palatable or um, simplify who we are for whoever it is for you know romantic relationships or for our career or for our parents or you know whatever the situation is um and i that the power in seeing and acknowledging and accepting the complex and diverse and conflicting sometimes elements of who we are is is so powerful yeah just to, to own it to own yourself and and move forward from that space of, of knowing who you are. I think that just, that changes everything. Just beautiful. Yeah, I could sit and listen to you for hours, Adana, I really could. And I think that is the essence of what you do in that beautiful writing program of yours. Yeah. So for anyone who's been listening to this and is just thinking, I want a bit more of Adana in my life, I just wanna, yeah. you know, I, 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 and I can highly recommend it. How, how can people work with you? What's your sort of latest offering? Yeah, so I have two one-to-one um, -one offerings at the moment. So one is um, the Pure Coaching. So that is a new program that will be available from November. Um, and that is either six or 12 weeks of working with me one-to-one. -one. And that's for anyone who is either in a period of transition or wants some sort of change in their personal or professional life. So it's a space for, for you to really um, start to gently unpick some of those narratives that might have brought you 
to where you are now, but they're not actually going to take you any further than it's, you're at a point where they're hindering you. So whether that's narratives about what's possible for you because of, you know, because you're a mum or, um, you know, sometimes it can be something small, like you've been told all your life that you're disorganised and that's preventing you from going for a, um, a promotion. So just starting to unpick some of the, those unhelpful narratives mm. um, that keep you fixed in a particular place so that you can edit and yeah rewrite them on your own terms so that you can move forward and writing comes into that sometimes there's a range of tools that i offer to support um the coaching clients but writing is one of them so i might ask people to you know do some journey around particular issues so that's the pure coaching offer and then for anybody who kind of really wants a a, a deep dive or a more creative approach i have a one-to-one writing program called the full circle which I build completely to your kind of your needs. So we'll focus on whatever themes you want. And it's a combination of bespoke writing, you know, prompts and, and activities and the coaching to support what comes out of that as well. So two really beautiful, um, powerful, transformative um, ways of really getting to grips and with who you are and, and who you want to become in the world. So beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, that's powerful coaching and, uh, and I love how unique and individual it is to you and your style. Um, it's, yeah, that's a beautiful offering. So there'll be links to all of that in the show notes and, um, you can find Adana on Invicta writing on Instagram. I think that's the writers, writer, Invicta writers. Yeah. 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 And, um, and I would highly recommend just spending a bit of time in her presence because it's a, it's a real gift. So thanks for joining me, Adana. It's been a real pleasure to have you. Thank you, Kat. It's been lovely to be here with you. I really hope you enjoyed that wonderful contemplative space that Adana creates. All the links for Invicta Writers and her contact details are in the show notes and her brand new programs are kicking off this month. It's a really great time to start using writing as a way to seek clarity about dreams and intentions for the year ahead. There's also something really intimate about being one of the first people to join a new program and become part of an inner circle right from the outset so I'd highly recommend it. I'd also like to give a mention to our mutual friend, Jess Huey, who is the reason that Adana and I met in the first place and who has just released the latest version of her book, Purpose, Find Your Truth and Embrace Your Calling. It's a book that definitely changed my life for the better. And in the latest edition, Jess shares what happened to her when she trusted her instincts and made the move to a new life in Jamaica. I can't wait to read it as Jess's writing is always so relatable and moving, deeply vulnerable and and so good for getting in touch with that spiritual side of yourself, which is something that can definitely be said for my guest next week, Michelle Welsh, who left behind her life in the US to go and help set up the learning house in, in Nepal and I'm really looking forward to sharing her story with you. Have a great week in the meantime and thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much for listening. There are almost a million podcasts out there to choose from so I really appreciate you for choosing this one and spending your valuable time with me today. If you found it helpful I would be truly grateful if you would rate and review it as it helps others to find us and if you haven't already you can hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts to be sure of getting every episode sent to you. 
You can find all the resources we talk about and more about my guests in the show notes over at collectivewisdom.podbean.com or you can find me on Instagram at collectivewisdompod where I'd love to hear any feedback, suggestions for new guests or comments that you have. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're interested to know more about how my coaching can help you, you can find more about that on my website at catpreston.com. Thank you so much for joining me.